You are listening to Welcome to the Other Side, and I'm your host, Meg Gluckman. This podcast is designed for moms after divorce. It's all about how you can move on from your divorce, how to co-parent without drama, and even how to start dating again when you're ready and have fun with it. I'll bring lots of tips and tricks and strategies for you to use every day. And I'll bring on some experts to share their wisdom on how you can create that juicy, rich, lush life post-divorce that you really want. You are not alone on your journey. There's so much we can share together. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I have a short episode for you today that is all about the stories we tell. And I've noticed in the last few weeks in coaching clients, some real common themes that come up around how we talk about the story of our divorce or the story of our relationship ending. And I wanted to share them with you because I think it can give you some perspective of where you might be in your healing, your grieving, your growing journey. And it might also give you some hope or some ideas about how to move along in that journey. If you listened to the episode last week, which was with Rachel Clark, and she shared her personal story about her divorce and life after divorce, I think you'll get a really good glimpse of where she fell in these different stories. Um, and I'll point it out as I go through it too. And I think it might make more sense as I do that. So what I've been noticing with my clients is that there seems to be three big stages of story that we go through. And we primarily move linearly, linearly, there we go, through these stories. So story one to story two to story three. Sometimes when we're in between, say, story one and story two, there's a little bit of going back and forth between story one and story two. And then when we're between story two and story three, there's a little back and forth there as well. But primarily, we we just keep progressing through these stories until we get to story three. So let me start you with story one. So this is the first story that we are telling ourselves and that we tell to other people about our relationship ending or our divorce. Often this story is characterized by some sort of failure, either a failure of the relationship or a failure of the other person or our failure in doing something. Often it might manifest in a couple different ways, but there's kind of a theme of failure. There's a lot of blame, usually on the other person. There's resentment. Sometimes we paint the other person as selfish in this story as well. And primarily our feeling when we're telling this story is of helplessness. Like this thing happened to us, right? I find that most of my clients don't like to associate themselves with the word victim, 
Um, but I think they are okay saying like this thing happened to me. It was out of my control in many ways. And when they're telling this story, they feel powerless. Okay, so we go from story one, and now some folks may tell this story, this version of the story for months. They may tell it for years. Everybody is different. There's nothing inherently wrong with this story, but we tend to evolve into a new story. So the second story that folks start to talk about is they start to talk about where they started making choices in their divorce. So where they were a little more empowered, where they saw their agency. They also start to give themselves credit for where they were resilient, where they were curious, where they were resourceful, where they were um, strong in ways that they didn't know they could be strong, right? Where they were creative, where they were brave. There's also a level of accepting here of when they weren't at their best, when they didn't behave in ways that they're super proud of or where they struggled, where they did things maybe they regretted or they regretted after the fact doing them. The story too also tends to have where they bravely felt all the feelings that came up, where they bravely felt the sadness and the grief and the frustration and the anger. And they give themselves credit for how they were with those feelings. And when I say when they were with the feelings, it means that they were willing to sit with those feelings, to feel how it felt in their body when those feelings came up without taking action from them or trying to numb them. So taking action would be like when I'm feeling angry, I shoot off a, you know, angry text to my ex that I then might later regret. Or if I'm trying to numb those feelings, I might go eat a box of cookies in order to not feel sadness. But in this story too, they start to talk about where they were willing to feel the feelings and not react from them and not numb them. It's a very empowering story or it's becoming a more and more empowering story. Okay. And then we come to story three. And again, somebody might be in story two for months. They might be in it for years. Everyone's different. There's no right or wrong. Story three is where we are really alchemizing the experience of the divorce. Sometimes folks will say, this was my sword to bear. This was my karmic work to do <laughs> in this lifetime was to have this experience. And they look at and they talk about the ways in which they are creating something beautiful, something useful, something helpful from their experience. <laughs> what often comes up for me, and if you've listened to many of my podcasts, you've probably heard me talk about Harry Potter before. I love to use, drop in some analogies from Harry Potter. I think it was the fifth book, somebody can correct me, that um, Hermione and Ron and Harry create Dumbledore's army. 
and they are training other students in the defense against the dark arts. So how to fight off or defend themselves in dark magic times. And the reality is Harry can teach everyone these skills because he has had to develop them. Because he has had to live through them for many years, he has the ability to help other people now. And so in this story three, what I see is folks who are grateful in some way, maybe not for the entire experience, for, but for at least parts of the experience of going through their divorce or their relationship ending because of how they can use it in new and beautiful ways, either to create new things in their own life or to help other people. They don't necessarily wish that, you know, wish it upon anyone. They don't want anybody else to have to go through what they went through, but they see that they are stronger. They have new skills. They have new abilities because they went through it. In order to move through these stories, there needs to be some sort of level of safety in our brains and on our bodies where we believe it's safe enough to let go of that old story and move on to this new one. And I think folks develop that level of safety in minuscule, incremental ways that are very unique to their own stories. I emphasize, though, that we need that safety to let go of the old story and move into the next story so that we don't blame ourselves if we're still in story one or we're still in story two. We're there for a reason. We haven't moved on because there's something that we haven't quite figured out. We haven't quite found the safety for ourselves in order to keep moving along. We have to feel like it's safe enough to let go of that story before we can move on to another story. Part of what this means, too, is that it's safe enough to stop blaming somebody else for how we feel. That it's safe enough to take full responsibility for how we feel in our lives and what we are creating in our lives. There's a point where it doesn't feel, now, of course, this might not be for everyone, but for many people, there's a point where it doesn't feel safe enough to take all that responsibility. It feels very scary. And it's not something that we want to try to like just snap our fingers and suddenly, oh, I can, I take full responsibility for everything. It's really an incremental growth. What I want to remind you is that none of these stories is wrong. This is kind of the paradox of how our human brain works. Each of these stories can be true, can be valid. What we get to ask ourselves is which story is serving me right now? If we are stuck for a long time in story one, and we find that it's no longer serving us, and we can generate the safety to let it go, then we move into story two, which is more about how we are empowered to create the change 
create the life that we want. And that story at that time will serve us more. I think this is a beautiful thing because it means that we don't have to erase story one. We don't have to prove that story one isn't true anymore. All we have to do is say, what story can I tell myself? Can I tell other people that is going to be the most helpful to me right now where I am in my life? That previous story served me for the time that it did. And now what story serves me? It's super empowering to think that we get to choose and to create the story that we tell. And I know we have all kinds of moms listening to this podcast. If you gave birth to one of your children, you might remember that shortly, you know, the day you gave birth, the way you told that story was one particular way. And then as the years went on and you had opportunity to retell the story, you might have emphasized different things, right? That story can change and it can all still be valid and true for you. It's really about what is the most useful, helpful story for you to tell. I will tell my kids their birth story every year on their birthday. It's a tradition that I have. And I tell it differently pretty much every single time. And I love to emphasize in it where the emotions came up. Like, when was I scared? When was I excited? When was I overcome with joy and gratitude? What was hard, right? What was easy? What was surprising? But that story keeps changing. And it just comes out in a way that is most wonderful and most useful and most fun, given the age of my kids. All right. So that's what I have for you all today. Consider where you are in telling the story about your divorce. Know that you'll probably move through these three different stages of story, and that's totally natural and totally fine. And if you're feeling stuck in a stage that you're ready to be done with, I invite you to reach out and talk with me about doing some coaching together. We can work together to figure out what's keeping you stuck and how we can help you build that safety so that you can move into a new story and feel more empowered around your life. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will talk to you next time. Bye now. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you would like more support in your life post-divorce or around co-parenting or around dating after divorce, I encourage you to hop over to my website and check out the resources that I have there. I have a really awesome class called Fearless Co-Parenting that you can download. It's 45 minutes long and it is chuck full of tips and techniques and mindset work that you can apply to your co-parenting relationship today 
for things to start feeling easier. I also have a dating after divorce quiz. This will give you a chance to see, am I ready to start dating again? It's seven questions that you can easily answer in just a few minutes that will really pinpoint if you have everything aligned that you want to have aligned before you start dating. And finally, if you want one-on-one -on -one support, I have a summer special coaching package opportunity for you. It is six sessions of one-on-one -on -one private coaching support to help work on getting over your divorce, co-parenting struggles, or even dating after divorce. Hop on over to my website, meggluckman.com, and check out all those great resources. Thanks, y'all.